Good morning, everybody. Can't believe it. Today's shir is dedicated to Rabbi Rafal Sait, who's in-house. Today we will be learning Bezrat Hashem, Daf, Pei, Tes, and Masachas Ervin, and hopefully finish the parak. But we are starting almost a, uh, a full Ahmed behind. We are three lines down on Peiches Ahmed Beis. What has been going on? Well, we've been getting rid of our waste, haven't we? Uh, Rabbi Sait lives on Nachal Luz. Nachal Luz, all in Ramat Beit Shemesh, are all called Nachalim. Nachalim is, is technically, right, uh, I guess like a river or, of some sort. Sometimes they call it Nachal Luz as a joke because when the sewer comes up, even in dry times, the sewage pours down the, the, the street downhill from Rabbi Sait's house to my house. Anyways, why am I mentioning that? Because when they poured out in those days, the waste from their chatzers down into their shusarabim, that would have been a, a violation of a Zera der Rabbanon. However, there was a machlokes between Rab Zera and Raba about whether you'd be able to pour out the waste if you're into your own chatzer, if your own chatzer had a certain amount of area. And to that, there was a machlokas, where Rabbah wanted you to have a nice garden with pamelas, like Rabbi Sait, where it was four by four amas um, minimum, and that would be for irrigation. Okay, that would be for purposes, so to speak, because people would throw out their waste, and they, not really irrigation, but to moisten the, the dust. They used to have these dusty chatzers, and to moisten it would be a good thing. Okay, but, however, if you were going to have a smaller amounts, then you wouldn't be doing it for moisting. Whereas Reb Zera says a similar thing. You would think that they're saying the same thing, right? Rabbah says it has to be four by four amas. And Reb Zera says it has to be 16 amas squared. Now to get 16 amas squared, you don't need, you don't do only four by four amas. You can have eight by two, right? So if it's a long, thin strip, right, that's enough for Rabbi Zera because Rabbi Zera, what he's concerned about is to have enough surface area for that chatzar to absorb the waste. If it absorb it, then it's not going to run off into a Rishos Arabim or a Carmelis, and therefore you're not concerned. So, so Rabbi Zera is all about the absorption of the waste, and Rabba is about something else. Rabba wants it to be a certain size because that size if it was bigger, it's not about absorption, but it's about what, what your intention would be when you're throwing, when you're throwing out the water into it. So, like we said, four by four and 16 squared sound the same, but you can have cases where their differences show up, and that's where we pick up. Three lines down, Amar, uh, my be naihu. My be naihu, Amar abaye. What would be the difference between Rabzeir and Rabba? So, Amar abaye, So the case we had just said, if it's long and narrow, Right, if it's long and narrow, then right according to Rabzeir, it would be okay because it's going to absorb it. It's going to absorb the waste water. According to Rabbi, it wouldn't be okay because it doesn't have the requisite width. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to try to prove that Rabzeir from our Mishnah, the fact that it would be absorbing, it's not. Right, so our very Mishnah said that if you have multiple. Right, look, multiple kinds of, you have your chatzer, and then you have your porch, and they're totally adjoining, right? So then, in that case, you don't have any cesspool, you don't have anything. So, because the fact that they are different kinds of domains doesn't matter. All that matters is that you have enough surface area in order for that water to be absorbed. And so, 
what's the difference if the surface area is coming from something called a chatzer, something called a nachsadra? You're putting it all together, you have enough to absorb the water, it's not going to run off into a different rishus, and that's uh, fine, and that's what the Mishnah is saying. El kasha, but for Rabba it would be a kasha, right? Because the idea is that he has no intention of dampening that kind of ground with the water. He only cares about the chatzer. He doesn't care about the achsadra and the mitzvah. So uh, that person isn't going to, and therefore the fact that it's multiple rishuyos uh, being joined together matters. It's not going to be mutter because that's not going to be his intention, right? Because the air, when the areas are broken up, Right, the idea is not to dampen the ground at that point, it's to get rid of the waste. And if his kavana, as we said, is to get rid of the waste, that wouldn't be true. Again, the underpinning of Rabba's kula is that's a davashen and miskavin, that if your kavana is to dampen the ground, so then that's going to be mutter. So that's only going to be true if you have at least four by four. It has what we'll call a gina, right? It has the dimensions of a gina. But whereas if it's narrow, so then that's not your kavana, and therefore, uh, right, so, uh, the, the, it's not to dampen the ground, but rather to get rid of the waste. That's the wrong kavana to have. Getting rid of the waste, uh, per force is going to turn into some sort of hotzah. Okay. So now the Gemara says, however, Tirgamar Rabbi Zeir Aliba de Rabba. As we, this is where we left off yesterday. Rabbi Zeir was very, altruistic uh, and magnanimous, as Rabbi Sait was when he brought, uh, our family window yesterday. Uh, it's a whole story. I have to show you the video. Uh, Rabbi Zeir was going to interpret the Mishnah in order for Rabbah to fit in. That's very magnanimous, as follows, because he's going to say, He says, the Mishnah can, in fact, uh, make sense, according to Rabbah, because perhaps if the entire Mirpeset runs along the face of the entire Chatzar, so then, in fact, he does have the Kavana to dampen the ground, and therefore, even if though the two Rishuyas are, in fact, two separate Rishuyas, uh, as far as practically from his Kavana perspective, maybe he does want to dampen that ground and therefore he would also fit in with the Mishnah when it says that you are mitztare for those rishuyos. Okay. So now we're going to try to bring a raya for Rabbah from a brisa. Tashma. Let's see this brisa. Let's see if it holds like Rabbah or Rabzeira. Oh, wow. So that sounds very specifically like Rabbah, right? Because it's not saying a total of 16 Amos. It's saying it needs to have Arba Amos and Arba Amos. If it doesn't, you can't pour the wastewater into it on Shabbos. So Bish, the Gemara is saying what we would think uh, it means. That Bish, Nicha. It sounds like it's saying Yedafka needs four by four. El Rabizera, Kasha. But for Rabizera, why is it saying Dafka four by four? It, it sounds like Dafka needs those dimensions and that long and narrow wouldn't be good. So that seems to be connected Rabbi Zera. So let's see. So Amalach Rabbi Zera, Ha'amani Rabbanan Who's teaching you that brisa? That's the Rabbanan, right? The Rabbanan, they don't allow pouring sewage directly into that kind of area. So therefore, according to the Rabbanan, certainly it would be also. Umasnisin Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov. But our Mishnah is according to Rabbi Lazar ben Yaakov, who does allow it pouring sewage into a conduit. Now, just if you remember, that was yesterday's, um, that what we discussed yesterday was that sometimes even if you think it can be absorbed, okay, so then you still, they're still not going to let you. That was the Chachamim. The Chachamim didn't let you pour it right next to where people are going to be able to see. There's a Maris Ein component to pouring out the waste. People see you just throwing it out, even if it can be absorbed, if it's right by the spout so to speak, so then it's going to be Usr. That was the sheet of the Chachamim. Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov was very pragmatic. His whole thing was, as long as it can be absorbed, then we're going to be okay with it. 
So what Rabbi Zera is saying is that my position of all, all I care about is the volume is very consistent with Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov because my position has everything to do with pragmatism, absorbing the wastewater. If you have enough surface area to absorb the wastewater, then you're okay. But then the mission asks, What is so compelling to Rabbi Zera that he's going to go against the Chachamim and hold like Rabbi Lezer and Yaakov? That doesn't, that's not a good look. Like, you should, you should be consistent, shouldn't you want to be consistent with the Chachamim as well? So the answer is, Amarava Masnisin Kshisei. Well, the issue was, he went with Rabbi Eliezer ben Yaakov because the way the Mishnah, our Mishnah reads, remember, we just quoted the Brisa. The Brisa says, Arba Amos al Arba Amos. But Rabbi Zeir was compelled by the wording of the Mishnah. My Ire Ditani. What's the reason that the Mishnah is going to use the following words? Uh, what was the words that we had? We had Chatzar Shahib Chusa. Oh, that if it's less, meaning, right, that implies that the idea is that it's, lush, is that it's less than four by four, but it doesn't say, right, that it's less than Arba Amos al Arba Amos. That's what the Gemara continues to say. The Gemara says, Lisni Arba Amos al Arba Amos. In other words, if it were like the sheet of the Chachamim and, or Raba, as it were, that it was a question of dimensions, it would say, You can pour it out. You can pour it out. But it didn't say that. It uses the word Chusa. The word Chusa just sounds like it's a lessening in, val- in volume. It's, it's right. It's more ambiguous. It sounds like if the chutzah is less than dalad by dalad in any dimension, in any direction, then it's not going to be good. And it implies volume. And that diuk in the Mishnah compelled, right, Reb to have a shita and to agree with Lazar and Yaakov. Okay. So, Elosh Lav Shmami Na, the Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov, he, right? So, doesn't that Mishnah, in fact, doesn't our Mishnah teaches us that we hold like Rabbi Lazar and Yaakov, says the Gemara, Shmami Na. Yes. It does. It sounds like our Mishnah, the Tana of our Mishnah, the author is Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov. And so for that reason, Rabbi Zeira is explaining the Mishnah according to Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov. However, says the Gemara, there's other parts of the Mishnah. About me to save Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov, Reisha Lav Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov. So if the Seifa, in fact, is Rabbi Yezer ben Yaakov, so then it must be, right, because they're arguing on the Reisha. And, the, and therefore, it sounds like it's proposing two opinions. And that would mean that the Reisha is not Rebbe Yezabin Yaakov. So the Gemara answer is, cooler Rebbe Yezabin Yaakov. No, really, the entire Mishnah is Rebbe Yezabin Yaakov. Even though the Mishnah is constructed in a way that sounds like there's a Tanakama and, right, the Rebbe Yezabin Yaakov that argues with it, that's not the case. The case is as follows. V'chasure mechzra. This is how the, you would read the Mishnah if you read it straight, if it was written straight. V'alchi Katani. This is what it's saying. Right? So it's saying like this. So this sounds like straight up, Rabbi Lezer ben Yaakov. Straight up that if it's less than Arba Amos in volume, you don't, right? Arba Amos by Arba Amos, you can't throw the water into it. But if it is more, then you can. Okay? So now... We're going to continue. This is Shirabi Eliezer bin Yaakov Omer Biv HaKamor Arba Amos Bishus Rabim. This is a corrected version that has, right, the, everything amended to hold like Rabbi Eliezer bin Yaakov. As we already said, the Biv HaKamor, uh, Biv, not to be confused with the Bib, which, um, which Moshe Yehuda and Yaakov David Sait wore until like eighth grade at the Shabbos table. But he's saying Biv HaKamor, Biv here is a drainage con- conduit. Kamor means covered. So if you're covered, 
and that's a good way to remember it, because the biv covers you. So if the biv is hakamor, it's covered, arba amas b'shus harabim shofchan l'socho, mayim b'shabbos, right? Which is to say, Rabbi Yezer bin Yaakov allows the covered, right, the covered, um, what our school calls a conduit. Why does he allow it? Again, it's the same svara. He's allowing it because of the idea of absorption, right? So the point is like this. It's enough of a surface area to absorb the wastewater. That's all we care about. The, the contrast would be that if it, that, that even if it has enough absor- absorption, if there's a Mars iron component, their abundant themselves would not allow it. So we'll see. The second wide line here, we say, Rabbi Yezbin Yaakov Omer Biv HaKamor. Right? So Rabbi Yezbin Yaakov is the one that says that if it's covered, you could pour into it, right? But, but again, but the Chachamim are going to say not. Must, and, and beyond that, we have somebody who's even more Machmer than the Chachamim, as follows. The Gemara is now pointing out that our mission is not like Chananya, who's going to be the most Machmer of all. What's Chananya Shita? The Tanya, Chananya Omer, Afilu Gag Mea Ama Lo Yishpoch. So again, just to line up the three shitas, the shita of Lazar ben Yaakov is going to be that as long as it can absorb, so to speak, the wastewater, you could pour it in, even if it looks bad. The Chachamim are going to say, no, that, that if it can absorb it, that's fine, but you can't pour it out in a way where people are going to see it and confuse you with someone who's throwing actually out the wastewater, so that even if it's covered and it can absorb it, you got to throw it out from a little bit deeper into the gog where you could see that it's actually absorbing and you can sort of dissociate from this pouring out of the wastewater to the look to the uh, onlookers. And Hananya is actually by far the most machmir because he says spouts are made for spouting, right? Spouts are made for letting the water out. And because he holds that, he holds that even if you're all the way, 100 miles away in the Gog, if you're pouring it into a spout, that is usser, because again, spouts, and really the truth is, as machmir as he is, it sounds consistent with what we assume maybe to be more reality, but it depends again on the material. But the material of our spouts, for example, right, when we have gutters and such, right, where we in the, in the times of the Mishnah, then we would say, what are you doing? You're pouring the wastewater, where do you think it's going? It's going, it's pouring out into the Mishnah's problem. There's no absorption going on here. So that's what Hananiah is saying, no absorption. It's not constructed for absorption, it's constructed to whisk all of the wastewater away, and therefore I don't want you pouring any wastewater into it whatsoever. Okay, the last word on the fourth wide line over here, Bameh. Bameh is part of Bameh Dvarim Amurim. Tan. Bameh Dvarim Amurim. When do we say, right, that you need a, what we call a cesspool, right, in a small chatzar? Bimos hachama. All of this is the context, as we said, as it still is, I think, in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Bimos hachama, right, when everything is dry. Aval bimos hachamim, shofech v'shone ve'eno nimneh. Yeah, when, during the rainy season, right, we see this in other places in Shas, that if you were walking around in the rainy season, you could expect to have wastewater thrown on you if you're walking in an area where people are throwing the wastewater out of their houses, because then it's on you, because you know that people are supposed to throw it out. And the fact of the matter is, again, it, it mitigates this Maris Ayan issue, right? Because people don't know, as the Gemara is going to go on to explain, my taima. I'm a Rava. Rava walked us through why it would be mutter to throw it out, right, the wastewater on rainy days. As follows. Because listen, any time, typically, right, the idea is that a person wants the water to be absorbed in place, right? He doesn't care where the water goes, right? So, 
But in the case of sewage, pour it into like the long drainage, right? Hoping that he doesn't, he doesn't care where it goes. They just want it to disappear. The Adam Balu, the Ketani Lo Yishbach, right? And still it's not allowed. Why? In other words, like this. We say that, again, when you have, when it, when it have rain, so the chatzar is muddied anyway. So the person's not going to care. Again, if the chatzar is small, right, so then you're going to need a cesspool, right? You're going to need to have a, a cesspool in a small chatzar because if you were to pour the, the um, normal amount of wastewater, you're just going to flood your chatzar, okay? So that's why you need a cesspool. So Rava explained, right, that if you have, right, rainy days, then your chutzah is flooded anyway. So at that point, the whole reason why we made, so to speak, the dispensation of the gazera, that you need to have a, a cistern there, a cesspool there, doesn't, uh, doesn't apply anymore because your, your thing is muddy anyway, so that's why we're going to let you just pour out the wastewater in the rainy days. But Abayi was saying, but wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We have the idea, right? Forget Hananiah for a second. But we said that, that both the Chachamim and Rebbe Lezben Yaakov would say that if you can pour it into a spout, so in that case also, the reason why it was mutter is because obviously a person wants it to be absorbed, right? And yet, Chazal said that you can't pour it out. When I say Chazal, I mean the Chachamim, right? Not Hananiah, not Rebbe Lezben Yaakov, but Chachamim didn't want you to pour it out at the place of what? The spout where it would have the Maris Ein issue. So it's going to be actually obvious what the answer is going to be. In other words, the first issue that they broke it down was just the issue of what the kavana of the person throwing out the sewage was. So on a rainy day, his kavana is to keep it. So the kasha that, right, the kasha over here that Abaye asked was, well, in the, in the case of the spout, it's also his kavana to keep it. So obviously the answer is going to be, and we're going to read it in the Gemara, that yeah, that's true. But in the case of the spout, everyone sees you pouring out. That's the reason why, why the Chachamim didn't want you to do it. That does not apply to the rainy days. In rainy days, nobody could tell where the water's coming from. Let's read it inside. Amalei, Rava answered Abaye. Hasam lamai nechushla. Yeah, but during the rain, what are people, where's the Marasayin? What are people going to think? Imishum kilko chatseiro. Again, it's mimanafshach. If you think, if you're concerned the rain, the chatz is going to be ruined by water, hamikalka lavakaima. It's already ruined from the rain. Right, it's already all mud. So that certainly, that ship has sailed. So you're not going to be concerned about throwing out all the water on it because it's already drenched. And if you think it's just like a Maris Ein Gezerah, right, based on the idea that what will people say? They're going to think that, that Sate likes to just pour out water with impunity, right? His gutter is streaming water. So Stam Tzinoros Mikalchenheim. But Stam Tzinoros, what do they do? What do most gutters do during the rain? During the rainy season, they're just streaming out water. So the Mars Ein issue here is also not an issue. Whereas during a dry season, it would be. During a rainy day, it isn't. And therefore, since you don't have any Mars Ein, and we don't have any concern about what the Balabais' intention is going to be, so we are going to allow you to pour the water in the rainy days. Okay. That's how Rav interprets the Brisa. Rav Nachman has a slightly different interpretation. Rav Nachman, Bimos hageshamim ukamachazik saasayim. He's going to give an interesting halacha here. That he's going to say, right, that, that when, the, when, the, uh, when it said, it's talking about a more limited case. Let's see. 
In other words, it said by we're talking about during the rainy season, but not during the dry season. It says that it's referring to a more limited case. Let's look inside here. That on a rainy season, we are going to allow you to throw as much water, wastewater, as the cesspool can hold. So if you have a, a double sasaim cesspool, then you are, you can throw in sasaim. If it has a saw cesspool, you can hold a saw. Um, your new construction, uh, Rafal, in the, in the backyard, is that, is that cesspool sasaim or saw? It looked like a sasaim from the pictures. Okay. So you can throw a full sasaim into it. Bimos hachama machzik sasaim. Nosnim lo sasaim. Saw ain't nosnim lo kol ikar. There is the, there is the difference that during the summer dry season, right? In Israel, it doesn't rain in the summer. So during that summer days when you know it's going to be dry, then if the cesspool can contain two saw, then you can throw the two saw water. But here's the difference that during the rainy season, if you have a saw, a saw, a small sized, right? Um, a small sized cesspool, you can throw the waste into it, a saw worth of waste. However, during the summer, when it's dry, if all you have is the small, saw-sized cesspool, you cannot throw out the water at all. And so therefore, that's what the Bamed Varimimurim, when it says, Bamed Varimimurim, it's not referring to when you have a saasaim properly double cesspool as Falsate does, because that you could do, you could use that in the summer or in the winter. But if you only have the small, single-size cesspool, then in the winter, it's going to allow you. That's what made very warm. In the summer, you can't use it at all. In the winter, you can use a saw of waste. Okay. So the Gemara is going to ask the obvious question here. Well, what's the difference? If you're, in other words, in the Mosak Shamim, we're only letting you, right, pour out a saw anyway, even during the rainy days. So why won't we let you pour out a saw's worth into a saw-sized cesspool in the summer days? Wow. Say that fast. So the Gezerah, so you say it like this. The Gemara answers no. Gezerah Dilma Asilitein La Saasaim. We're concerned in the summer that you're going to pour out two saw of water into it. Okay, so then the Gemara says, yeah, okay, so why aren't you worried you're going to do that in the, win- in the winter? So Yachay Bimosak Shamim Namin Legzor. Right? If the idea is that we're concerned you're going to throw out Saasaim, and we should be concerned because that's how much wastewater we're usually producing on Shabbos. So if that's a concern in the summer, why is it not a concern in the winter? So now it's just going to go back to the same thing we said, right? You could be more makele in the winter because after all, what are we really going to gain, right? In other words, a guy has, let's say, we'll use a random example, Rafalsate. So as Rafalsate has two sasaim worth of wastewater and he only has, let's say, a single sa, right, cesspool. And it's the summer. So of course he's going to want, he's, he's not going to be able to withstand Right, the um, he's not going to be able to withstand the urge to throw out all of it into a cesspool, even though he very well knows it can't hold all the wastewater, because he's going to want to be able to have that wastewater flow out. He has to get rid of it uh, one way or another, and he knows it's going to flow out. However, again, so now it goes back to the kavana in the rainy season, right? So then it takes away his motivation because he's the flowing out doesn't really help him. The Right, because the chutzer is muddy anyway. So that's reading it into the Gemara as follows. Says the Gemara, right? The Mimanav Shach we said before. What are we concerned about in the rainy season? If the concern is you think that the chutzer is going to be ruined by the extra water and that's why, 
Rafal wants to, to, to go into Rishus Arabim. So Mikalkal of Akaima. No, his, his thing is already fully wet. So he doesn't care that whether it goes into the street, down Nachal Luz, or whether it stays in his Gina. Or Imishim Gezerah, Shema Yomru, Tsinar, Shaplochay, Mekalech, Maim. And people in Mapi Shemesh did say that a lot about Sait. That a lot of people would say that his gutter is always streaming water. So if that's the gazer, stam tinoris mikalchen lahem. Yeah, but it's raining now, so of course the gutter is spritzing water. So therefore, there's less of a reason. We're not. We have no reason, just like we said before in the rainy days. So it's really the same cheshbon we said before. Only we're applying it to the more narrow case of the single cesspool, as opposed to before we applied it generally to yimosachama versus yimosachshamim. And that's why, okay, but then Abaye says, uh, Okay, so we say, if, if, if all, all this mimanafshach and all this unintentional runoff of water during the rain, right, is going to be mimanafshach, okay, because you don't care about mudding your chatzar, and nobody will ever be able to tell, you know, how much, um, is coming out from the cess, from the cesspool water from, right, from the wastewater and how much is coming from the rain, then maybe you could even pour in, right, in the wintertime as much as you want. Like you could invite, you could invite the entire yeshiva over for Shabbos and create all of that waste and throw it all out. So that was Abaye's final word on this issue. Now we're at the two dots, four lines up from Pechesim and Base, and it's already past 6 a.m., so, but we're going to finish the parak, Bezrat Hashem. Says the Mishnah. What does the Mishnah say? Right when we had the right the two chatzers, they had a small chatzer below, and you had balconies, right? And only one of them made a cesspool. So we're going to leave her false state alone for a second. We're going to say that uh, in this case, Barry made the cesspool, and the other balcony was Andrew. Andrew was um, he was busy. Let's just say he was busy, and he didn't make the cesspool. So Amarava Afilu Irvu. Even if Barry and Andrew mended their fences, you're really coming in, Rafal, uh, after a lot of drama. But now they're okay, Andrew and Barry. They're okay with each other. So even now that they're okay with each other and they're making a, uh, they made the Eruv, Andrew is not allowed to use Barry's cesspool. Do not use that, okay? Why not? What, what, would, be, what would be wrong? Well, you remember, this is not the halacha when they're drawing the water, right? If Andrew and Barry made an Eruv, uh, so they're certainly allowed to draw the water, and Andrew would be allowed to draw the water um, from, let's say, if if um, if Barry had constructed a proper apparatus with mechitzos, then if they made an error between them, then Andrew would be able to draw water from that apparatus. However, he cannot use the waste. It's that's distinct. Even error doesn't help you. Okay. So the Gemara is going to say, wait, but Amar Bayi, my time. What's the reason? Why are we not allowing Andrew to use? Barry's cesspool, after all, there's no, after all, there, there's an Erev here. So what's the problem? There's no caring here. So, if you're going to say, well, the volume of, of wastewater that Andrew's bringing into the picture here is just overwhelming, and therefore we can't have it, it's going to run off. But we already learned in Brisa that we don't care about unintentional overflow. Because we said, right? Right? I don't care... In other words, the Bryce shows us we don't really actually care about water overflow per se, right? The whole idea of this, of the cesspool is to have a hacker, a proper hacker to prevent you from just willy-nilly throwing waste into the Rishus Rabim. So as long as you have a proper hacker, we're going to be okay. That's what the Bryce says. I don't care if you have 
what a gistra, right? A cesspool or a, or uh, I don't know, like a split vessel. They they refer to it. Or you have a pond, or if you have a small boat, whatever you have to collect the sewage, right? Now let's say you had right an ocean liner in your backyard for whatever reason, and it was absolutely huge, and all the water was collecting into that to use as a cesspool. Whatever it is. The point is, you have it in your backyard, and somehow the whole thing got filled up on Erev Shabbos. You had a huge, right, you had the Hoover Dam, what Israelis call Hoover Dam. You had, the, you had an entire giant thing of water in your backyard. Now, typically, right, that's way bigger than a two-saw cesspool, and therefore it should be much. The problem is, it's full. Right, anything that you have that's completely filled with wastewater, so you'd say, well, it's completely filled with wastewater. Does that mean that I can't throw out the waste on Shabbos? No. Says the Brisa, even if it's completely a full cesspool of any dimension, you can throw the water into them on Shabbos, which shows you what? It shows you again that it's just a hecker to, to show you that you can't just throw it down to the Rabbim. And therefore, volume doesn't really, at the end, matter. Because we don't really practically care about the runoff. We just want you to understand that you're not supposed to throw it out. That, right, has implications with us. Because it means that even though Andrew's added contribution of wastewater is going to cause a runoff for sure, that's not the issue. So if that's not our issue that we're concerned about, so then why can't Andrew use Barry's cesspool in a case where they made an error between them? So the Gemara says like this, Rava was in fact misquoted. Ela itmar, hachi itmar. Amar Rava, as we finally, mercifully, turn to pay testament Aleph, our intended daf for today, and see the finish line uh, very near. Lo shanu ela shelo irvu. They didn't teach in the Mishnah uh, a case that Andrew can't use Barry's cesspool in a case where they made an error. That, that was the mistake, right? But as a matter of fact, the case was when they didn't make an error. Aval irvu mutarin. But certainly if they did make an error, then it would be, of course, mutter for Andrew to use Barry's cesspool. And everything is great now. They're friends, and they're using each other's chatzers, both to draw and to get rid of water. Okay. Now, but wait a second. Right? But when they didn't join the Erev, let, let me just think here. What's the reason that they can't pour the water into the neighbor's cesspool? Amaravashi, gezerah dilma asulafuke memane debatim lahasam. Right, because the idea is like this. The reason why, it's just elaborating. Again, the reason why that you can't use the other person's cesspool, mind you, by the time Andrew is in Barry's backyard pouring out his waste, right, he's in Barry's chatzar. That chatzar has an Erev, and that chatzar is a Shusayachid. So what's the problem? He should have the same din as Barry. Whoever is there has the same halacha. Answer is, how did Andrew get there? And how did he get the wastewater there? So at the end of the day, it's not necessarily about the wastewater. When you get to that point in the Brisa of Andrew using Barry's chatzer, that's not about the wastewater per se. That's about Andrew getting the wastewater to Barry. In order to do so, he would have to bring a Klee. And that transfer of a Klee from Barry's, uh, from Andrew's Shus to Barry's Shus, that's the problem. Hadron Allah, Ketzad Mishtatfin. Hopefully we'll go back to this. That was really fun. All right. Next, Perak. Ninth Perak of Masechus Erevin, Perakol Gagos. Discussion of when do you not need an Erev? Are there cases where you don't need an Erev at all and you can still carry? Let's see. Says the Mishnah. Kol Gagos Ha'ir Rishos Achad. All the roofs of town, this is going to be the Sheet of Rabbi Meir. 
Rashi explains already. Why would you be able to use all the adjoining roofs in the town as one rishus, right? Meaning you can carry from one to the other. You don't need an Erev, you don't need anything. So on the ground, you need Erevin to get around from Chatzar to Chatzar. We said already, even Rishus HaYachet to Rishus you have a Gezerah. But above, on, on the roofs, in those days those roofs were used somewhat, but as Rashi explains, there's no conflicting usage because the usage is, is very sparse, says Rashi. Right, as it says over here, Rafa Bisha do you're in Chalukin Lamata, even though from down, down, uh, stairs, everyone's, right, domains are split up, right? This is where it goes, right? They're not using it. They're using it sparsely. Therefore, what's the idea here? The idea is that when do you need an Erev? You need an Erev when you have conflicting usage, usages, right? Rabbi Sait uses this chatzer. And, right, and, and next to him, you know, Andrew uses his chatzah, Barry, um, Matt Bornstein, I think his name, his name is Matt, right? So very Sate uses his, his chatzah, and next to him, Matt Bornstein uses his chatzah. <laughs> uh, but they're both using them, they use them very, very much. So therefore, because they're using their chatzahs very much, so then their schuyas would conflict, right? Where they're not to be, right? Where they're not to be an Eruv between them. So then that's, that would be usher because you don't want those clash of usages. However, the gagos, even though you could go up there, right? It was very, very sparsely used. So it's just like one twilight zone where nobody really uses it. And so none of the usages are conflicting as it were. And therefore you could just walk willy nilly across the entire area and carry. You don't need an Erev at that level of the city at all. Of course, those cities, right, were constructed different than us. Think of Aladdin, the first Aladdin, um, like 27 years ago, where he's just like running from roof to roof. Now, now, the one thing is, if there's a discrepancy between, right, roof heights of 10 or more tfachim, so then that's going to be like, sort of like a mechitza, and at that point already you can't carry past it, so that's going to be a problem. So we're going to see in the Gemara how that works. Okay, Diver Mayor. That was all Rebbe Mayor. However, it's just like the house. Just like on the ground, it's going to be uh, an issue where you need an air of so too above ground, so to speak, above the houses, on the roofs, you're going to need an Erev to carry from one to the other. We already quoted this once. Rabbi Shimon is the most mekel shita, as Rashi explains, because he holds that he doesn't care. He doesn't even care that it's the same kind of Rishus, right? The, the Tanakama, right? The Chachamim make it, uh, I'm sorry, Rabbi Meir in the Tanakama, um, is making it sound like if it, it's a magic th- uh, aspect of roofs. But Rav Shimon's saying, forget about roofs, forget about above the house. Even on the level of the ground, even if the chatzar, even the karpaf, all of these a- external things, as long as the kli was already outside and bein hashmashos, you can carry willy-nilly all over town. That's the most mekel shita. And therefore, according to Rav Shimon, what he's really concerned about, which Rashi spells out, is taking the item out of your house into the Chatzar, right? So that becomes the issue, okay? And we're going to see that he's all about bringing out something from the house. Now, of course, if we're concerned, Shema, you'll bring it out of the house, we're not going to let you actually carry it from one Rishos to the other. So let's see. Let's see the Gemara. So a bunch of tremendous, uh, a bunch of Chazal were sitting around discussing the, this issue. Yosef Abaye Baravin, Rabbi Hanina Baravin, Yosef Abaye Gabayu. So the two Abayes, one of them was the son of Avin, and they're all three of them sitting around, 
And they were discussing our Mishnah. Okay, so what do they have to say? So they said the following, Right, they were talking Lomdus. So saying the Lomdus of, of the Chachamim is clear. It's glat. Because what it's, it's clear, it's easy to understand. They're saying just like it's split up, right, Lamata, in the houses, so too it's going to be split up by the roofs. And that's why you can't carry from roof to roof. Elia Rabbi Meir, Makasavar. Right? What is the actual shot? What's the concept that Rabbi Meir has that allows him to carry from roof to roof? So let's see. Ikasavar, Kashem, Shadir, and Chalukin Lamata, Kachdir, and Chalukin Lamala, Amai Rishasachasein. So obviously he doesn't hold like the Chachamim that you split up the top just like you split at the bottom, because then he wouldn't say that's all one Rishus. These kasavar ain't chalukin, the chol lemala masara rishus achasi. However, if he holds that anything above tenth fachim is just one rishus, and that's why the gagos are not split up the way the houses are, then therefore afilu gag gavoa asara venamuch asara nami. Then why does he hold that if there's a discrepancy of tenth fachim or more, right, that it's in fact blocks off the, the being one rishus, and then you can't carry? After all, everything above ten tefachim is all right. Is all going to be free domain, and it's going to be its own thing without mechitzos, right? Anything above and we don't care about the topography, whether it's uh, right a two stories building or whether you build on an extra level, like the Isaacsons and the Shulmans and the Lavies, right? Or if you didn't, it's all going to be this above the ten tefachim, and therefore it's all should be one rishus above the ten tefachim off street level. Abaye overhearing these two, Abaye Rabbin and Khalina Baravin, these two brothers talking, Abaye straightened them out. Amalu Abaye, Abaye said to the two, Lo Shmiya Lachu Ha, the Amar Rav Yitzchak Baravdimi, did you not hear what Yitzchak Baravdimi said? Omer Hayah Rabbi Meir, and he's, it was a rhetorical question. He's going to say, this is what he said. Omer Hayah Rabbi Meir, Kol Makam Shatamoyse, Shtey Rishus, Vehen Rishus, Achas, Right? Any time, Rabbi Meir is consistent with himself. He's agreeing with himself, because Rabbi Meir himself holds that any time, that you see two Rishuyas, but it's really it's one. In other words, the areas are distinct. They're separated by ten Tfachim. But really, it's, let's say, two Rishuyas are Hayachid. Right? But it's Rishus Yachid and Rishus Yachid, but it's separated with something in there that's more than ten Amos. So, right, he, how does that apply to the case, right? Because above ten Tfachim, even if you're going to say that that whole area is one Rishus, the fact that it's going to have this discrepancy in heights, even within one Rishus, is going to be a problem. Right, we have already discussed this. Let's say you have the post inside an actual rishus yachid. So now it's in Rafal's chazer. So let's say in his construction that he's currently doing, he built a post that has the dimensions that we've been talking about this whole time of four tefachim wide and ten tefachim high. So also the kasefalav. You're not allowed to, you know, bring it even from your own chazer into that area. And Rav Meir Shita is very machmir Shita with regards to these elevate, elevated things that it's a gezera. That obviously we understand that in Rishus Rabim, if one had, if something was constructed with these dimensions, it would literally be bringing it, as we have discussed, from the Rishus Rabim into its own territory, which is the Rishus Yachid. That's the Araisa, right? However, such a platform, even in your own backyard, would be usher, that's a very machmir shita of Rumeir of a gezerah. So therefore, Rumeir is consistent with himself in our Mishnah. The lumdus is that he holds that it's all one rishus and that's why you can carry. But he also happens to be machmir when it comes to elevation differences, when there's more than ten tefachim and it's on rishus, it's going to be a problem. And Abaye finishes it off here, hachanami arabim, and that's how it's applicable to the case of the roofs as well. Okay. So now, 
Abaye and Rabchanina, the sons of Avin, those brothers, Savar Mina Afilu Machteshes Afilu Gigis. When when they heard this explanation from Abaye, they assumed that Remeir is also not going to allow even from a barrel, let's say, right, metaltolin, so to speak. As long as it's ten fucking high and four fucking wide, they're going to say that you can't even put something on top of a mortar or a barrel. So Amarlu Abaye Hachi Amar Mar, but Abaye said to him, No, 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 guys. Cool your jets. Slow your roll. That's not, he doesn't mean metaltalin. Lo ama rabbi meir ela amud No, he only meant like a real post, right? Or the millstone. Something that's fixed as the Gemara continues to quote Abaye. Hoil ve'adam lahem mako. Now, when it's a stationary object, so then that's gonna, yes, that's gonna uh, apply to rabbi meir. Are you just talking about like a giant barrel in a, in a cellar, in a wine cellar, I mean, who has a wine cellar? But if they did, a giant barrel in a wine cellar, if you're just going to talk about that, so then that's a metaltalin, that, okay, you, you certainly could put something on top of that. Okay. But now the Gemara is going to ask, well, maybe we can ask a shayla on that. Because, if you have a wall, right, between two chatzeros, that's set in its place. So, according to Abaye, that should mean the mayor is not going to let you pa- pass from one chatzer to another over a wall, because the wall is going to somehow, or at least put it on the wall, because the wall is going to be, right, a problem of topography, right? It's going to be 10 fucking high. Let's see. The Amar Rabbi Yehuda, however, Rabbi Yehuda said, Shetimtzi Lomar. If you're going to look into this, you're going to see, Ladivi Rav Meir, Gagein Rishus La'atzman, Chater Rishus La'atzman, Karpifos Rishus La'atzman. You're going to see within Rav Meir that he breaks it down into types, right? We had said this before already. The mayor isn't just going to say, he's not like, right, he's not like Rabbi Shimon that allows you to carry anything that's, that's outside. He actually breaks it up. He wants all chatzar can carry into other chatzars, all gag into other gagos, right? That's how you understand our Mishnah. It has to be, we don't mish domains, as it were, right? As long as it's the same category, okay? But the question is, how? how yeah. But we have a concept that Rishisayachad uh, is Nismale Ad Lashamayim. So that, Rishisayachad is Nismale with walls all the way up to the Shamayim. So you're saying in, anything should be okay inside Rishisayachad. What possibly could the Lord be thinking about in Gigas or Makhtar? Right. It ha- no, it's, it has to be a Rishisayachad. Yeah, so 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 I, I the way I understand it is that the Gemara is discussing not what we uh, assume la halacha. It's discussing the very machmer shita of Rabbi Meir, right? This is we're kicking around the idea of Rabbi Meir that even if he considers the whole thing one rishus, remember he considers all the gagos to be one rishus. So when you're putting your 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 mindset of Rabbi Meir, think of all the roofs of town to be your backyard, right? It's one rishus, <laughs> and even so, he still says this is why we found it. Right, you're coming around to what the Gemara found to be a problem right in the beginning. We said if it's all one rishus, what do we care about the discrepancy in the heights? That would be the like having a barrel in your backyard. It's ad l'shamayim, right? This is exactly your question. So the answer is we're going to try to figure out how, what was Rameyer thinking that that he would say like right. This is exactly the question. In other words, it's to say that the discrepancy in the roofs are a problem is tantamount to saying that having a barrel in your chutzner is a problem. And who in the world says that? Right, so that's the issue. How would you say such a thing? Right? My lo- so, so we're saying, if that's in fact a problem, my love to Charlotte Tuturi Derek Kotzel, right? And, and therefore, right, we say 
we have also a raya that within the chatzar, from one chatzar to another, one carp up to another, right, that you're allowed to pass it, transfer an object from one chatzar via a wall that separates them. But the problem is, if the wall is separating is 10 tfachim and at least 4 tfachim thick, then Rabbi Meir is not going to allow it to go past these elevations. The Gemara answers, Well, that takes away the problem. He says that, yeah, Rabbi Meir would answer that. But he's allowing in those cases through the wall because there's actually an opening. Okay, well, once there's an opening, obviously you don't have a question. So you're, you're right. Shita Vermeer is very counterintuitive to us. We're not used to Shita Vermeer. We don't paskin like that. Um, and, but Shita Vermeer would even have problems. You'd have to be careful even in your own Rishus uh, with elevation issues. I so, how the Gemara is uh, comparing inside one Rishus to two goggles, which are in two separate Rishus. The question is, can you mend and mesh the different Rishuyos, if they're at different heights. Rebbeir says no. How does that have to do with in your Rishuyos? Unbelievable, unbelievable. You're so locked in to the Shittos Chachamim that you, uh, right, the Svara, this is how the Gemara started. The Gemara says, we understand the Svara of the Chachamim. You do. You, we all understand the Svara of the Chachamim. It's different Rishuyos. What are you talking about? It's Seitz House and Bornstein's house. Like, this is not one Rishuyos, but you have to, you, you have to understand the mentality of Rebbeir. The Gemara is trying to take you out of that just to see the world of Rabbi Meir that we don't paskin like, which is that your house and Matt's house, it's one Rishus. It's considered all one Rishus. It's as if it's the same. And the ownership of the two houses being, being owned by two different people doesn't matter. With respect to Rishuyas of Shabbos, it's all the same. It would be like saying the Rishus Arabim, like you don't own different parts of the Rishus Arabim. Everybody owns it collectively. It is very counterintuitive to our, right, to our mentality. Okay. Okay, so then nine lines up. We're back to reality now, right? We're back to what we're used to. The Chacham say it's all its own Rishus. So, Okay, so even within that own Rishus, right? So let's say, right, the Bornstein and Seid are each on their roofs. So does that mean that they can't carry it all, right? As Rav says, and you can only carry Arba Amos, right? That we know is Allah, that's a way of saying you can't carry it all. Because that roof is entirely open to one another. There's no air up there. The air is down on the ground. And therefore, maybe it would be like a Rishus Harabim, as we just said. That was a good segue, right? So do you consider that entire one Rishus above the roofs to be like a Rishus Harabim where you can't carry it all? Or no? A, a, like a straight up, right, um, old school way, right, of, of saying the, exactly the Shitas Chachamim that the Rishuyas below actually dictate the Rishuyas above as well, which would mean that what? That just like Matt and Rafal can carry in their own Chatzers on the ground, so too they each can carry in the full extent of their chatzer, of their Gagim above the ground. So which is it? So the Gemara says, let's see, where is this Mechokas coming from? The Mechitos Hanikaros Techuleyama Lo Pligi. Obviously, if you had mechitzos that were visible, the halacha would be like Shmuel, right? That everybody has their own rishus hayachid, even on the roof, and everybody could carry the length and breadth of their own roofs, just like they do in their own chatzos. Keep ligi b'mechitzos she'ena nikaros. Where they argue is where you look up at the topography. You look, uh, you, right? You go up as Rafal State does every so often to Aish, and you look down in your shalayim, and you see. All the whole, the, all the roofs of Yerushalayim just look like one big Rishus, right? You can't even see where one house ends and the other house begins. That's where you can have the Machlokas. Rav looks at this and it looks like a Kotel promenade, even though it's people's roofs. He says, that's like a Rishus Arabim, and therefore you can't carry from one roof to the other. 
Why? Because Lo Amar good asik mechitzta. He's not going to say that the walls of the various houses are going to be going up and causing partitions. And Shmuel is going to allow it because he can say that there are partitions. So we say it's not and the reason I read that is because I wanted to get to Ahmed Bey's. We'll stop here. <laughs>